Hello there and welcome to another episode of Crypto for Planners. We've got a good one for you today and joining me is Principal Rooney straight from the Windy City of Chicago. Rooney, how are you doing today? Doing good, Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> Excellent. Now you're traveling, thus the reference. How's Chicago? Uh, Chicago's good so far. I've been here uh, just a few hours. We had a planner Dow call earlier, yep. which I got to hop on, use the L, probably go get a hot dog, some pizza, all those fun things you do in Chicago. But tomorrow I get to go to a uh, Web3 investor conference. Believe it or not, they still have those. Uh, and so there's going to be a pretty decent Web3 investor conference tomorrow that I was happy to get inside, uh, invited to uh, by my friend Paul at Decasonic, who's putting it on. So uh, I will probably have some interesting stories, thoughts, uh, use cases, investments, all of that uh, for our, our next um, podcast we do. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. Well, good. It's good to know that the uh, digital, uh, the digital asset conferences for advisors and the events are still happening. I don't always see that every day in the news. So that's fantastic. They are happening. Uh, you know how many times they're happening? How many? Nine times. <laughs> Very good. Excellent Ferris Bueller callback. And even in the principal Rooney, that's, that's pretty good work. That is how many absences Ferris Bueller had for those of you just catching up. All right. So before we lose everybody uh, under the age of 40, uh, let's go ahead and jump into the topic. And we're a little late, but we also got to let the dust settle a little bit. We want to talk a little bit, a little bit of Ripple. The Ripple case was a big deal. Um, and we're still just kind of unpacking what it means. What, what was your take on it, your initial take, Adam? Um, my initial take was, of, of course, all of a sudden, uh, what was it, Friday? It seems like it's been forever ago, but I think it was just this past Thursday or Friday. Uh, all of a sudden, I saw this chatter on, on Twitter and such about Ripple, and obviously, you know, crypto prices went up, Ripple, you know, XRP price went up and everything, and, and checked to see that there was a, I guess, a summary judgment. And of course, you know, through all this crypto, you know, mumbo jumbo, all, all the things that we follow, we have learned quite a bit more about the legal process. We've learned quite a bit more about the government process, the, the legislative process, all of those things that we've had to learn by virtue of learning crypto. Some of it I would have been better off not having to know. Uh, ignorance is bliss for a little while, but there was a summary judgment in the case. Basically, the judge said, uh, I'm going to go ahead and look at the facts. No one's disputing these facts. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to make some calls one way or another. That way, we don't have to send these particular parts of the case to trial anymore. So that's what happened. The judge uh, Annalisa Torres ruled on a couple parts of the case. One was in the favor of the SEC, and one was in favor of Ripple. But the one that was in favor of Ripple, and and as we'll talk about, everyone has decided is very good for not only XRP, but for crypto in general. Yeah. 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 And that seemed to be kind of the response and what I've read. I, I, I would have to agree. So the SEC's response notwithstanding, where they claimed total and utter victory, despite getting slaughtered on pretty much every level, um, they, hey, worth a shot, I guess. But uh, this is nothing but really good news for the industry and, and good news for advisors. So uh, let's walk through a couple of the pieces of that. So I, I think the key thing here, of course, is, is Ripple security. And, and that was the primary ruling. And it broke down into a few different pieces. So maybe we can start with what the judge ruled is not a security. Right. So the judge ruled, and, and again, this is our understanding. I'm not a lawyer. You're not a lawyer. So we're not giving anyone legal advice. And we're, and we're trying to parse through what all these other attorneys have said. Mm -hmm. And what Judge Torres said was, 
XRP, the, the token, basically the gist of it is it's sometimes it's a securities transaction and sometimes it's not. But XRP, the token in this case, is not in and of itself a security. Whether or not it's a security is based on the actual transaction that's happening, not based on the, the asset itself. And that is what the entire crypto community is rejoicing over, is the fact that this judge in, in the whatever the second district court of New York, I think, um, has said the tokens or, or I guess the XRP token in this case, because she's expressly said, I'm not ruling on all tokens. I'm ruling on this one in this case. But this token in and of itself is not a security. There are times when it is and there are times when it isn't. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And and some of the scenarios where it wasn't, um, correct me if you read anything different here, but when it was issued to the founders and the team, when they took some of the token, not a security. Uh, and then when it was purchased on an exchange uh, later on the secondary market, whatever that was, also not a security. So exactly in neither of those cases. And so one of the things that maybe the SEC declared victory on, although I'd maybe disagree with this, is that they did rule that part of it was an investment contract. And so when you're talking, if something's a security, you're talking, is it part of an investment contract for the most part? And so the judge did rule that the institutional investors in it were part of an investment contract. And I believe that's the part that the SEC thought they they had some giant victory on. Right. And, and keep in mind, the SEC is going to get a whole lot of money from that part, right? Because it was what Ripple Labs, which is the company, raised, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of $750 million through a token sale. So they had investors. They raised $750 million. They issued XRP tokens to those investors. And that is what the judge said was a securities transaction. It was an investment contract. It was not registered. And therefore, there are likely going to be some fines and such a, a probably a decent chunk of money is going to be due to the SEC or, or whomever fines get paid to, honestly, um, from Ripple Labs. That was deemed an investment contract. And, and it's because those that were investing knew that they, they were giving money. They were handing over money to Ripple Labs in exchange for this XRP token. And they were they were basically saying, we expect you all Ripple Labs to make this token, this asset that we have worth something more. We are going to profit. We hope to profit from your work. And they knew exactly, those investors knew exactly what they were doing. And therefore that was an investment contract. And therefore in that case, XRP is a security. And here's the thing, the judge is right. It is a security in that case. Absolutely. You know, we don't need them. We don't, we don't need or want a judge to just say, no, it's never a security ever. Crypto is totally different because it's, it's not, it's not true. That's not what everybody's after. It's the clarity we're after. And so if institutional investors or any investor for that matter has a contract for a performance is going to be delivered or value is going to be delivered for money, then yeah, there's a good chance that's a security in an investment contract. But it, you know, and in this case, that's what happened. However, if you go on to, you know, uh, uh, ripples, wherever they distributed their token or any token for that matter, and you buy some of that token and hope that something's going to happen, there's no contract there. There's nothing even implied, really. Now, you want to make sure there isn't fraud, of course, but that's why the rest of it's not ruled a security because there, there's no contract. There's no contractual obligation from one party to another. Right. Exactly. You're right, Steve. So the, the two other parts of it, right? One, as you mentioned, 
if I were working for Ripple Labs and they paid me some in XRP tokens, the judge said that is not a security. They were paying me in that in that token. So I so that is not a securities transaction. It's not an investment contract. In that case, XRP is not a security. The other part is when those XRP tokens show up on an exchange. So the CEO and the, the former CEO and current CEO uh, were actually you know, putting their some of their tokens, the investment or, or the investors were putting their tokens and Ripple Labs was putting their tokens onto different exchanges where you and I could go onto Coinbase or or Kraken or wherever they were offered and go buy those tokens. That was not an investment contract either. And that was part mostly most of the again, the rejoicing around the crypto world was, oh, well, that is not an investment contract that because that was one of the that that's one of the key factors, as we'll talk about in the Coinbase suit and in the Binance suit and all the others that are coming up is all are, are all of these tokens are all of these tokens that are listed on Coinbase. Are they are they securities? And therefore, is Coinbase operating an unlicensed exchange because they have all these unregistered securities? So the the, the fact that the founders of XRP, the founders of Ripple Labs and the investors offered those tokens up for you and me and, and anyone else to purchase, that is not a security transaction. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point. You, and just to bring that home, it does have effect, a ripple effect, if you will, throughout all the cases that are going on. And it is, you know, and so a big part of the government's case was for Coinbase. Hey, do you have unregistered securities on there? Because, you know, you're in violation and now they've got some very solid legal backing that no, they never did. So that's a really great way that, that illustrates, you know, the effect it's going to have throughout. Um, but we talk about how it's going to affect advisors. So uh, on one hand, um, there's now an extra well-known token that they can trade for their advisors. It's listed back on these exchanges. Now, I can't say that uh, I would recommend it to any of my clients. However, hey, it's there. Options are good, right? Right. Yeah, there, there was nothing in the judge's ruling that said uh, this has any sort of value at all. Yep, yep. But secondly, it sets it sets a precedent, not the precedent, right? Because none of this is settled. There'll be legislation, hopefully eventually, to figure all this out. But what, what excites me is that these are potentially growth and venture assets that non-accredited investors can invest in. And so if you've removed the risk from a software development team issuing a token, there's going to be more tokens issued and it'll provide more growth opportunities for people who just quite frankly don't have access to them. So I'm excited for that to, to potentially play out here. Yeah, that, that's what I'm excited for. And for financial advisors, as we always talk about, one of the risks that I think financial advisors were undertaking, have been undertaking in putting their clients into digital assets, obviously, you know, above and beyond Bitcoin, which the SEC has said is, you know, frankly, not a security. Mm -hmm. But any other token the SEC has said, and Gary Gensler actually has said, are all the other tokens are securities. So the risk that financial advisors were taking was, let's say that uh, the SEC win starts winning these suits and all these tokens are deemed securities after going through the legal process. Then if I, as an advisor, had put my clients into several of them and helped them invest in several of them, then all of a sudden they have to be delisted and their values fall. Well, I have this fiduciary risk. I have this, you know, this liability sitting on top of me. Well, it seems like for at least the time being, a lot of that risk has been taken away because yeah. what you will, what you might see in some of these cases in the Coinbase case and in others is maybe the judges will just point to this ruling and go, we're just going to go with what George, Judge Torres said mm -hmm. and say that in this case, these are not securities. And, and honestly, that's what Coinbase is saying now. Coinbase is, is in their, 
I think pre-trial hearing or, or whatever it was last week, it, it, from what I read, they actually took a two hour break in the middle of the pre-trial hearing for everyone to go digest this particular ripple ruling and come back in which case the judge actually, from what I read also admonished the SEC and, and basically said, okay, now you, you guys have a lot of problems now with your arguments yeah. right? based on this ruling and based on other things I've seen, you have a, a, a lot of problems with your arguments here. You need to go back and think about this. Um, but, but what it means again is for advisors, it takes some risk off the table. It takes some risk off the table that all of these are going to be deemed securities because this was a huge one. This is the case that had been around a while. Yeah. It's gone the farthest through the legal system so far. So it's going to be a while before any of these others even make it to court. Yep. It's the most relevant ruling. It's the most recent ruling. It's the most in-depth ruling. By all accounts, it's very well-written and reasoned. It's going to be pretty hard to refute. So we're excited about that. I think the other topic we wanted to hit uh, real quick is there's some news out of uh, NASDAQ. Right. Uh, you know, I just read this when, it, when I was on the airplane coming here that NASDAQ is who previously, I think we kind of celebrated that they were going to offer digital asset custody, not necessarily because, you know, I really want centralized custody, but partially because there's a huge name saying, OK, crypto digital assets are big enough that, that NASDAQ is going to go ahead and custody those assets. Well, today they said they are now not going to because they are unsure of the regulatory environment in the U.S., which is odd considering the ruling that you and I were just talking about that seems to be going against the yeah. SEC. But now here, here NASDAQ is, and, and maybe they made this decision a few weeks ago and maybe they're going to, you know, kind of scratch their heads and go, maybe we shouldn't have done that. But NASDAQ is jumping out of the custody game now. Which is strange. So yeah, the, the two parts that are strange are number one, why were they going to anyway? Like they're an exchange, like what's, what's the benefit there? And you wonder if it maybe was something with with uh, how the rules were going to shake out when the SEC was done. Um, and then jumping back out when, you know, BlackRock and everybody else that are, you know, quasi-governmental agencies, right, that are, that are uh, jumping back in head first. So the timing does seem bizarre, even if it never really made sense in the first place. Right. And maybe NASDAQ knew something, right? Maybe because so much of, of what was... Um of what has uh, of the applications for the ETFs, NASDAQ has been a part of it because they're, they're the exchange, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone has been going, you know, a lot of has been going with Coinbase for part of the exchanges and Coinbase for the, uh, what do they call it? The sharing um, uh, arrangements. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The surveillance the, agreements. The, the surveillance that. agreements. That's right. Um, and maybe it's, it's the SEC or someone telling NASDAQ, look, you can either do, be one or the other. We're not going to let you be custodian and exchange here. And Nasdaq may be saying, "Look, we're okay being the exchange. Yeah. We, we don't we don't need to be the custodian as well." Obviously, a bunch of other people are, are okay with being custodians. And maybe it's the fact that this ruling is really good for Coinbase, and they're going to be the custodian of record for for so much of of what we're going to see, not only in ETFs but in just crypto custody. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, we're going to we're going to leave it there. Um, there's obviously been a lot in the news and we're going to break it down over the next several weeks, specifically how it ties into advisors. But if you weren't up on the case, that's kind of what we see coming down for advisors and how it might affect them. Adam, any other plans while you're in Chicago? Uh, well, like I said, I've, I've got to go get some deep dish pizza, maybe catch a Cubs game while I'm here. Um, you know, do do a little uh I know, whatever else you do, go rent a Ferrari and drive it around town. Mm -hmm. Going to sing, maybe join the parade, sing off float. Yeah, like join, join the parade. I've been brushing up on, on my uh, Donka Shane. 
perfect. Looking forward to it. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us. And uh, who knows where Adam will be next week, but uh, we'll, we'll be joining you then and uh, talk about whatever else is relevant. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Steve. Rooney!